When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle head down to Hillsborough to face Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup on Saturday evening, third round of the FA Cup. I'm joined, as usual, by John Gibson. When I say as usual, John, it's been a wee while since we've done one of these together. Have you had a good Christmas and a a good New Year? Yes, very good. I mean, uh, Newcastle haven't been losing games, so that's made it even better. Um, yes, it's been smashing, and it was my birthday yesterday, so I've got nothing to look forward to for the rest of the year about Newcastle winning the League Cup and getting in the Champions League. Well, happy birthday for yesterday. I was going to say, what was top of your birthday wish list? Because usually, in years gone by, it would have been a Newcastle win or Newcastle yep. to survive the drop. But this time around, what, what, are, what are you hoping for? Newcastle to win a trophy. Um, the League Cup is the obvious one. Uh, being an older guy, I remember when we used to win trophies. Um, and obviously, if we finish in the top four and we'll go in the Champions League, that is fantastic. And that is almost as good as a trophy. But no, let's not have almost. Let's actually win something. And I'm only picking the League Cup because we're a long way down that road. If we want to start off with a win at Sheffield Wednesday and win the FA Cup, that's fine by me too. But yeah, fine. Fine um, by I me want as well. it to be a positive season. Can you believe that we're sitting in January talking like this after what we were doing a year ago in January? It's been so quick. It gives you a nosebleed. Mm, it does. I mean, I'm, I'm half tempted to go back to the episodes this time last year and just uh, just listen back for a nice reminder of how far we've come. But then we don't want to depress ourselves, I guess. Not um, at all, not at all. Of uh, Newcastle of old. It's interesting you mentioned there the, the, the League Cup quarterfinal, which is, of course, on Tuesday, because our, my first question about the Sheffield Wednesday game, John, is do you think the fact that, A, Newcastle have played Leeds, they've played Arsenal in such close proximity, um, you know, there's only a few days between those games, then they've got the quarterfinal on Tuesday in the League Cup, Will that have an impact on Eddie's team, do you think, on Saturday? Yes, I think it will. Uh, the reason, it's always difficult to second-guess Eddie. I keep saying that because we've got to remind people that it, that it is as difficult as that. He always manages to pull some rabbit out of the hat, like Dubrovka going on the bench at, uh, at the last game. Um, I think it does. And the reason why is the last round of the League Cup, he showed his hand by fielding the strongest side he possibly could, and we got through, and he's now in the quarterfinal with a home tie to get in the semi-final. That will take priority over the FA Cup at this stage because we're so far down that road. And I think he'll pick the team to play at Sheffield Wednesday with the um, League Cup tie in mind. Hmm. And, I mean, it's interesting because there's a lot of potential players that could come in. I know... As you say, it's always hard to second guess what Eddie Howe does. But we assume it will be 
I don't want to use the word weaken because I believe that you pick a team that is strong enough to win a game. You build a squad that is strong enough to to be able to play in these games. But one of the big changes you would assume is going to happen is that Alan St. Maximum would start. Yes, yes. I, I think that's pretty well nailed on. I would think there's a great possibility that Lascelles will start, Murphy will start, Wood will probably start at Sheffield because of uh, the League Cup coming up and then Fulham because how many games can Callum play at this stage? And there could be a keeper change. So I think there'll be a few changes. And if we don't want to say it's weakening the side, it's certainly not strengthening it. Uh, that's for certain. But yes, I think uh, Sim Maximum will start and is due a start in some competition and needs a start because he's got to get up and running and it's going to be difficult from the bench with 10-minute cameos. So I think he will play Sheffield Wednesday. I always hate asking this question because at the end of the day, they're professional footballers and you know they've got world-class uh, gyms to attend and personal trainers and the best dietitians in the world. But will they be a little bit tired after playing all these games so close together? Well, not likely. Uh, not likely. In the days when I was travelling with Newcastle all the time, they, they played the same team every week. Joe Harvey picked his strongest side. And he picked his strongest side to play in the Texaco Cup final, which is Anglo-Scottish Cup final that many people accuse of being too bold. He picked... The same side as he played at Wembley in the FA Cup final by one guy who was injured. I mean, in those days, that's when I sit with my mate Malcolm McDonald at the match. That's his bugbear because he keeps talking. He says, I'd rather play every day of the week than train. And, um, you know, it's not that big a, a, a burden. And if they're tired now, poor souls, what's going to happen when they get in Europe? Because they're going to be in Europe next season, so they better get used to being tired. No, I don't buy into that tired bit one iota. It is, it, and also why I don't is because you're winning or you're not losing. Um, mm. If you're on an unbeaten run, it's amazing how you're not tired. If you're getting coshed every week, it's amazing how tired you are. And you're tired not in the legs, you're tired mentally. Well, it's interesting because although I've said there may be a few changes... The fact that they are on this good run of form makes me think he might not. He might not actually change too much. Yes, at maximum might come in. But other than that, you know, Eddie Howe doesn't like to change a win inside. He's a big fan of keeping that momentum going. I know the games are so close together. And of course, Tuesday um, will be the priority for most. But we know what Eddie Howe's like. You know, his focus is solely on the game that's next. He's not thinking ahead. It doesn't matter how big the game is. He's not thinking too far ahead. He's always thinking on that game that is next in the calendar. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, in truth, if it is only St. Max when that gets changed and he, he, he keeps the, the rest of the, the side as it was against Arsenal. Do you think he'd do you think he'll play Callum Wilson on Saturday and Callum Wilson on Tuesday and I think, Callum I think Wilson it, against uh, Fulham on the, at the weekend? If fit, if fit, I think a lot of it relies on how fit and how... That's, that's a great how, how expression for Callum, isn't it? If fit. He, he hasn't looked himself, I don't think, in recent weeks since coming back from World Cup and whatever the illness was. He hasn't it? looked himself, no. But then is the best way to get him back to his best 
to keep oh, playing. Oh, I know. It's all, it's all debatable. He has faith in Wood. Um, uh, how? He's got faith in Wood. And if you were going to play Wood in one game, you're better playing him in a game against League One opposition than you are against Premier League opposition, in my opinion. Um, as he proved at the start of the League Cup run when he played at Tranmere. And this, despite the fact that Sheffield Wednesday, to all their fans like us, is a, team, is a club of real um, uh, history, they are a League One side. They're trying to do what Sunderland did. They're trying mm. to be the big club in League One. Let's get out of it. Um, so if there, if there were... If he played Murphy, he loves Murphy. He played not so long ago. Murphy was in the side for a few games, wasn't he? Uh, on selection, I mean. So there's that possibility. I would like him to stay with the with the the best team he's got to go out there. But I think away to League One opposition, and then he's at home to go in the semi final of a cup, and at home to Fulham to start winning again after two points out of six. So if there's going to be changes. This would be the match, obviously, but not too many of them. I agree with you. I don't think there'll be wholesale changes uh, or silly changes. I mean, if you go San Maximum Murphy Wood, the people it, he backs. So, you know, the, it wouldn't. I'm not advocating that. I would love him to, to be able to play his strongest side Saturday and Tuesday. One man who might return to the fold, you would suspect not in line to start. Is potentially Alexander Izak. He's been missing for nearly five months or so oh. after picking up this this injury. He's had setbacks, but it appears that he is ready to return to the first team squad. Him being on the bench, on the bench alone, is a massive boost because the fans just want to see this sixty million pound man get that old cliche out. John, it will be like a new signing. Yeah, but I don't think Eddie's going to rush him back. We always talk about, don't we, on this podcast? usually about Callum Wilson, about how being fit is totally different to being match fit. And that's something gotcha. that's going to have to, they're going to have to look at with, with, with Isaac because he might be fit enough to be on the bench, but match fitness, especially with the injuries had at a total uh, other ball game, isn't it? You can't be out for five months and come back into a starting lineup and expect to last anything like 90 minutes because uh, he's been out for far, far too long. It's been an absolute mystery. I mean, Agatha Christie could have written the Isaac story. It, it's a mystery bar mystery because we haven't been filled in regularly with uh, any details of the injury. It seems to have been never-ending. How many relapses has he had? Has he had any? And if, if he has, how many? And how close has he been to come back? Etc. Etc. It's all been suitably vague, which I don't think is necessarily the greatest thing. And I don't think it's necessarily done Isaac any favours because fans are openly talking about, you know, whether he's uh, Howard Hughes or whether he's a, a permanent clock. And it's, it's difficult. Um, I'm desperate to see him back. We're all desperate to see him back because he was a £60 million man. It was going to be the backup to raise all our worries about Callum Wilson. I don't mean he can just play centre-forward, but he can play there, and he does play through the middle, and that's where he played in Spain. And so, you know, we need him to be there because that's a position we're very vulnerable in, that we've got least cover for, and he's 60 million. 
But of course, if you think of from Eddie's point of view, apart from Eddie being a cautious man and, and that's correct with injuries, you don't want to put your £60 million man in, half fit, him to look groggy and rusty and everything and everybody saying wasted money. You want him to be up and running well by the time he hits the road. So the most we can expect from him, I think, over the next three games, uh, which is the FA Cup, the League Cup and Fulham in the Premier League, is maybe we'll see him on the bench. I say maybe because we just don't know anymore. We've been going to see him on the bench for weeks, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, that's the refreshing thing, I think, is the Newcastle of old, managers of old, would probably just chuck him straight back in uh, if if when he's deemed fit. Whereas we've seen him with Shelby as well, Eddie Howe took his time, and I know it hasn't quite worked out for Shelby how we'd all hoped, but he took him his time just to integrate him back in, just to build up that fitness. And that's the good thing about Eddie Howe and his staff. You know, it, it doesn't matter how much Newcastle might need that player, that player's fitness comes before the need of Newcastle United because the knock-on effect of, of you know rushing him back, playing him for an hour, him then picking up a recurring injury, you know that's not worth the gamble. No, that's absolutely true. The gamble, if it was a gamble, backfired with Shelby, of course, because all the caution taken with him, he's broken down twice, I think, hasn't he? Um, and he is a worry. He is a worry because that's happening quite a bit. Um, and we've got Kraft out uh, long term. We've got Target out long term now, I think. Uh, and Dummett is seen as often as a dodo in Jasmine Dean. Uh, I don't know where he is or what he's doing. Um, so there are problems that are thinning down the squad. But hey, let's be positive. Whatever side is put out there, Newcastle United must be the hardest team outside of possibly Arsenal, who are probably the same, to beat in the Premier League this season. They just don't get beaten. It's, what, seven hours without conceding a goal? It, it's it's 11 goals conceded in, in the whole of the Premier League games so far. They are... And I tell you what, at Arsenal... They might have started off like rockets and you thought, oh, I wonder what happens. But they quickly ran out of ideas. And then Newcastle, I thought, at the back looked very, very comfortable. They are a good side. And like all good sides, Andrew, uh, and this has been pointed out by um, the manager, good sides don't just defend with the back four and the keeper. They defend from the centre forward. I mean, the great Liverpool side... One of the great fellas to close down before it was called high pressing was Ian Rush, who was a centre forward, scoring between 35 and 40 goals a season. But he closed down the opposition back four all over the shop. Uh, it was incredible. So nothing is new. It just wasn't called high pressing then. But defensively, it starts at the front and goes into midfield, and then obviously the back four and the keeper. And Newcastle without the ball are very good, as they are with the ball, but they're very good without the ball. Hmm. They're incredibly fit, Newcastle, and they were certainly put through their paces against Arsenal. And You mentioned there the Matty Target injury. I'm just wondering at left-back, John, could you see Dan Byrne maybe dropping out just because he had a, he had a testing time against Arsenal? You do have Leicester City coming up on Tuesday. You know, does Jamal Lewis potentially come in for, for the game against Sheffield Wednesday? 
I mean, who knows is the answer to that because we certainly don't know with Eddie. But I think Newcastle are slightly vulnerable at the moment in both fullback positions. Um, I think they'll buy a young, as I've mentioned regularly on here and other people have as well. They'll buy a young right back to understudy Kieran Trippier and grow into his position this month. Um, but left back at the moment with um, with the injury to target, uh, Burns playing technically out of position and doing a magnificent job of it. Um, uh, Manquillo has got to cover both fullback positions, I gather. We don't know what's happened with Dummett. Uh, you have got Jamal Lewis there, but I don't think he's got a great future at Newcastle United. He may have a future on Saturday tea time, um, but I don't know that he's got that much of a future. Dummett is just one of the people lost in the morass of uh, what's happening. So there are things to be to be addressed. Um, but it's interesting with Burn because I was a great believer that Burn looks like a centre-half playing at left-back. He has done magnificently. He's done magnificently well because he's got a huge heart. He's very defensive-minded. Those long legs can scoop the ball away from all sorts of situations. He was expected to be done by Saka well and truly down there because Saka is the brave new right winger on the block, if you like. Quick, hugely talented, uh, England's go-to man, etc., etc. And very early on, he did what we all expected. He skinned Dan for pace and moved into the box. And I thought, oh, dearie me, what, what's going to happen here tonight? But not only did Burns stick to the task and do well, but Newcastle did well. They covered him. There was always two around Saka, Burn and someone else when, when the ball was going out there. They work for each other. They, they are definitely a team and not 11 individuals in the work to help burn out of that situation. And we looked very, very comfortable at the back. I mean, if you think of that point at Arsenal, Arsenal were on course for a points record, a Premier League points record this season. They'd won every home game they'd had, seven out of seven. They'd scored in every game this season, home and away, and the outcome was not not. That's tells you how good Newcastle were on the day. And as for Mikel Arteta doing his jumping jack flash on the touchline, I've got no sympathy whatsoever for him. Uh, all it did for me, make him think he's a bad loser. I mean, you know, it's it's easy when they win seven out of seven at home to be walking about there looking like a male model and clapping your hands and being pleased. But all of a sudden, when they're not getting their own way, he's a jack-in-the-box. And then... Um, Talks about two scandalous penalties and etc. etc. What a nonsense. Get used to it, Miguel. If you're going to live up at the top and you're going to have Man City and everybody else breathing down your neck, you're going to have a few days like this. And Newcastle showed that you're not quite there yet. And well done, Newcastle. Not, you know, um, Arteta tripping over his bottom lip. Mm, it was a great performance, great point. I said on yesterday's episode. For me, probably the best result, most important result of Eddie Howe's tenure, just because it proved to any doubters that Newcastle are here to stay. You know, they're in this fight for the top four. They've held the best team in the league. And anyone doubting what Newcastle can achieve, you just got to look at the way they performed and look at that result. 
Um, yeah, there's two ways of doing things, Andrew, isn't there? There's that way, which produced a great result. And ironically, one of the other great results of this season, to me, is another draw, not a win, when we've had a lot of wins, was the 3-3 with Man City, which showed we can slug it out with them, not just with a puncher's chance, but with where good organisation, high pressing, etc., etc. We took them on at their game and got a magnificent point. We took Arsenal on it historically their game, 1-0 to the Arsenal. It used to be the shout when Supermac and everybody else was playing down there and had the famous back four with Adams uh, rallying them. Uh, we played like that and were comfortable for a point down there. So while we've had some fabulous results elsewhere, for me, the offensive display was against Manchester City and the defensive display was against Arsenal in proving where Newcastle are now. Hmm, 100%. Uh, like I said, just a, a fantastic point. But the approach against Sheffield Wednesday will be somewhat different. You know, I think Newcastle knew they'd have to go down to the Emirates and you know continue a good defensive display as they have done this season and you know be right at their best at the back because Arsenal were going to really press them and really try and hurt them. And obviously Newcastle came up the other end with that great point. But again, Sheffield Wednesday, you'd expect them to be a bit more in control, have a bit more of the ball. Obviously, they go in as favourites. Uh, but Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, sorry, flying high um, in League One, unbeaten in their last 12 games, joining all competitions. Newcastle, unbeaten in the last 15 in all competitions. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, coming to this game, uh, having beat Cambridge United 5-0 in their last League One game, Josh Windass getting a hat-trick. They're four points off the top. They are it, it, they are a good side in terms of a League One side. But do you think Newcastle... How, how will Newcastle go into this game? They'll not underestimate them, will they? But they'll expect to win. No, they won't underestimate them, but this, it, it would, there would be crackers if they didn't expect to win. You just... Uh, told us what Sheffield Wednesday have done this season and and they have but they've done it in League One for goodness sake Newcastle have done it in the Premier League Newcastle have played Manchester City Manchester United Arsenal Chelsea Spurs and haven't been beaten by any of them they've played Cocky Leaky Juniors and Cambridge United and whoever and whoever and haven't been beaten by any of them yes they're a club with a huge history Yes, we've got to respect them um, because they will not be short of confidence. There's, they've scored 30 goals at Hillsborough this season in whatever number of matches, you know, whatever it is. That's a good home record. So they will have the confidence. But there's got to be a class gap on ability. And if Newcastle go in there with the right determination, the right uh, attitude to boss the game then they will because they are two divisions above Sheffield Wednesday and they're not in the bottom four in the Premier League where you can get an upset because they're flying morale wise and we are very vulnerable it's not like that yes a lot will have to do with the team selection that Newcastle make but I would and in the in the FA Cup as you know there's replays. They could come up here for a replay, but let's, uh, which they can't do in the League Cup, of course. It's got to be settled on the night. But 
we don't want to bring them up here for a replay. We want to beat them first time out down there. And we ought, let's be truthful, this current Newcastle side, who've lost once in 21 games in all competitions this season, ought to be able to beat Sheffield Wednesday at Sheffield Wednesday. Now, it's an awful long way we've come. And Kieran Trippier will remember this because he was playing before some of the other signings come. We lost at home to Cambridge in the FA Cup a year ago at this stage. 1-0. Sheffield Wednesday have just beaten Cambridge in the league. There's no link there whatsoever, by the way. Um, so we've come from... And by the way, we were so enthralled by the takeover and the belief in Eddie Howe that it didn't start a riot losing it home to Cambridge. It would have done under Ashley and a certain manager if we'd lost it home to Cambridge in the Cup. But we knew what was happening and we knew that we were ready for takeoff. We maybe didn't expect the takeoff to be so spectacular, but we, it was going to happen. Uh, so we've come an awful long way. But we ought to believe we can do it first time on Saturday. Goodness gracious me, there's, there's a two-division gap. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, given where they are in the table, as we mentioned, they're second in League One, four points off the top. I think they're just a point above third. And then there is a bit of a drop down. There's a gap four. after that. The focus and the standard from teams in League One and, and tending to be in the Championship as well is that the aim is getting promoted. And I know if Eddie Howe's asked this question, he'll say, well, the focus is kind of on Newcastle United. That's his approach to every game. It's not too fussed about the opposition. But John, do you think Sheffield Wednesday may approach this game largely with the focus being on their next game in the, in the league rather than trying to get through the next round? They will when they're 2-0 down. Um, I mean, there's that alternative. We are saying, what about the League Cup and then the one in the Premier League? Unquestionably, the biggest thing for them is promotion. They're not going to win the FA Cup. There's absolutely no question about that. They're not going to win the FA Cup. So they want to get promoted. Um, if they'd come away to Newcastle, I think they would have settled probably for honourable defeat. But at home, their crowd's madly passionate. They've got a big side coming down there, etc., etc. I would suspect it'll be difficult to run up a white flag. I think they'll keep going until uh, behind. Uh, and then it'll be a different ball game. But yes, yes. I, I mean, they were, as long as it was an honourable defeat, they wouldn't see it as a, a bad thing. Whereas if we lose there, we would see it as a bad thing. Oh, definitely. You don't want to be losing this game. You want to keep that momentum going. Of course, you want to have a run in the FA Cup. The other question about Sheffield Wednesday, do you feel Newcastle are now becoming the team that other teams want to target? They want to beat Newcastle United. You know, they want to have the scalp of beating the so-called richest club in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have, I mean, we were sitting at the bottom of the Premier League uh, 
a year ago. We were eating in the Premier League soup kitchen. Now we're at the top table having a five-course dinner, having scattered, having scattered the so-called big six. We've scattered them. They're frightened of us now. They're thinking these new kids on the block, these little snotty nose boys, on they've come around and they we've got to stop their their bad news. You know what? You only panic like that when you've got something to panic about. And why have they got something to panic about? Because we aren't blindly trying to buy our way to the top of the league. We have bought very shrewdly. The players that were already here have responded magnificently. There's a huge camaraderie and we've got a very, very good manager and astute owners. And everything points to Newcastle being here to stay, if you like. Not to do with Leicester, and I would love to do with Leicester. They won the, the Premier League title and then the FA Cup. But now they're a different ball game. That's not Newcastle's aim. Newcastle's aim is to do what Leicester did and remain as a top six club all the way. Leicester are not that anymore. That is turning out to be a little bit of a flash in the pan. We want to be different, and I think we are different, and I think people are terrified. And the first people to be terrified are Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs because they automatically were in the six and went strutting about uh, wearing the big boy tag. They're finding it difficult. They're choking on our exhaust fumes right now. Uh, and so they'll find it uh, more twitchy than the other clubs will. How, if you're in Newcastle United, do you deal, though, with going to a, a League One team, knowing that, you know, Sheffield, that Sheffield Wednesday want to beat you because they want the Newcastle United scalp. They want that badge of honour. You know, we beat. Oh, absolutely. Is it, is, it, is it a case that if, you know, if you're starting for Newcastle United, you just rely on knowing how good you are and, you know, believing in your own ability to beat the opposition and you don't, you kind of drown out all that noise from the opposition? Yeah, I mean, they've gone to harder places in Sheffield Wednesday when they went to Spurs and won, when they went to Manchester United and got a draw, when they went to Arsenal and got a draw. If they did that there and, and, and cut out all the sound, etc., etc., why should Sheffield Wednesday terrify them to bits? They should not at all. And the people that are brought in, if they are people like Sir Maximum Murphy Lascelles, um, these are people that's already bought into what Newcastle United are about because you can't be an 11-man team. You've got to be a 16, 17, 18-man squad. So they've bought into what Newcastle are all about, that we're all about work rate, we're all about togetherness, we're all about never giving up, etc., etc. And they are drilled into the way we play. And they've, they know, people like Murphy and San Maximum, know that they've got... Eddie Howe believing in them. So this is their chance to go out and prove their point to be part of this Newcastle United setup. And outside of the most atrocious look that's possible, like two own goals and a bloke sent off, outside of atrocious look, I would be staggered if Newcastle were under Eddie Howe complacent enough to get cuffed down there. Make no mistake about it, Sheffield Wednesday. We'll love to do that. And if they manage it, you know, that will give the rest of their promotion season such a lift that they've tucked up with Premier League side, they'll say, go, bring on the League One sides. We're, we're on a march. So there is danger there. Uh, T 
team selection will have a lot to do with it. I would think he'll pack his bench if he drops people to play, rests him, not drops him, obviously. But, you know, if he leaves out Almiron or Wilson or one of the centre-halves, I'm certain he'll be on the bench and they will be there to come on and win the game if we need to win the game. There can be no excuses for a squad which is third top, a squad, not a team, which is third top of the Premier League, not being able to go and beat a League One side at their ground. That should happen by all things that are same. Let's go through, John, then, your starting eleven for Saturday. I think it's certainly going to maybe expose some of the limitations within the squad, potentially. I mean, the next... I mean, the, the games, Leicester, Leeds, Arsenal, this game, uh, uh, Leicester again, and then Fulham. I mean, it's a pivotal week in Newcastle's season. And, the, you know, there's a lot of games there and it's going to show maybe... It's going to definitely test the squad depth. So let's run through your start 11. I know you say it's, you know, if it's Eddie Howe's decision, we don't know what he's going to do, but let's move that aside. Let's have your start 11 for, for Saturday. Well, I would, although we've got Dubrovka that could play in this game, he can't play in the League Cup because he played for Manchester United in the League Cup. So if he was going to come in, it would have to be the FA Cup. I would go with Pope because I don't think goalkeepers get physically tired as much as outfield players in terms of running about, etc. Yeah. So I'll play Pope. Um, I've got a feeling that he may play Lascelles with Botman. Uh, Trippier just is like a Jewish bunny. He just wind him up and he goes out there and plays, 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 plays and plays. Uh, I would suspect that it might be a time to give Burn a rest, but under the circumstances, a 2-4. And uh, it would have to be probably Jamal Lewis. I'm not certain that he'd be too keen on that. You could play Manquillo there. Um, it's interesting. Midfield, well, let's go forward first. Um, I would go Callum Wilson, though I suspect very strongly it'll be Wood. I would go uh, San Maximum on one side. And I think he'll go Murphy on the other side. And I would play Joe Linton in the middle of the park. Now then, there's interesting. Because uh, if you play Joe Linton for this one game in the middle of the park, who out of the three would you rest? Because I don't think Bruno's looked as frisky as he did since he come back from the World Cup. By his monumental standards, I think he's looked a little bit leggy. Is the solution to that continuing to play him? So you play him on Saturday and you... Not if he's leggy. Um, you would tend to give him a rest. Um, but that wouldn't go down well with fans. Uh, you would probably play Longstaff in there because you could rat uh, against a club that's a League One club. Uh, what would you do in midfield? If you play Joe I think it actually, it, it actually exposes probably the need for another centre midfielder to come in. I mean, if Shelby was fit, he'd be in there without a shout, but obviously Shelby's not fit. It's difficult because my my head says that I I think he might 
he might just play the same side that faced Arsenal. If everyone passes the fitness tests, he might just go unchanged because we know he doesn't like to change a winning side or uh, you know a side on good form. That would be very interesting. And you're right; he doesn't like to change a, a, a winning side. You're absolutely right. And it's just a temptation when it's a league one side away in the cup, and you you've got a semi-final dangling on Tuesday, and you've got Fulham here. It's interesting. Um, and also, you know, do you encourage San Maximum people like that to think, well, you can't get a game, or does he think, like, you think, know, I can't even start in FA Cup? Um, it's going to be very interesting, the team selection. And anyhow, always does something that's different. I mean, in the League Cup, remember, last game, I, I think he fielded the strongest side it was possible to field. Mm. That's another thing. It'd be, it'd be interesting because he, he did do that. And, of course, Newcastle were coming in to that game on the back of, uh, you know, the, the World Cup break and, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a chance to get in the quarterfinals of, of the Cup. But, uh, again, I wonder, was part of the reason just, you know, they'd, they'd finished the season, the into the break in such good form was it just a point of trying to I think keep that had, going? yeah I think that had an awful lot to do with it Andrew it was a different kettle of fish they, the lads had had a break they needed to get the rust out of them and get operating again so let's do it this time they're surrounded by games aren't the games it's gone and games it's about to come it's a different ball game um, but you know outside of outrageous changes and changes by the bucketful, and I don't think we're going to get either of those. I'm not too fussed about what side goes out there, you know, because it ought to be good enough. If Murphy, San Maximum, Lascelles, or even Wood have got any future at this club, they should be able to play at Sheffield Wednesday and win. Mm. If they, if they play and don't, and don't perform individually, then they're to be got rid of, if not in January, in the summer. Is there a, a space for Elliot Anderson if he's fit? you think he could start? Um, I've only left him out of what I've been chatting about there. I think on ability there is, and I think on the level of opposition there is, him having been on loan at places like uh, Bristol. Uh, I've just got a feeling that he could well be going out on loan. Uh, in January and so what frame of mind do you want to risk the injury etc etc I've left I mean Ryan Fraser I think is a back number at this club uh, I think he will be sold if somebody's willing to put the money down uh, in January um, so again I wouldn't be at all upset by Elliot Anderson playing because he's a good young boy with a great chance but um I'm not certain how Eddie might see him because I think Eddie is perhaps of the opinion that he may have to go out on loan for the second half of the season because he just needs to be playing. I think you're absolutely right. What we were talking about is when I said, what would you do with the midfield? I think Newcastle will buy a midfielder. This mm. I, I think it'll be one of the few buys because I don't think they'll buy a centre-forward because they'll think he's that guy. It's 60 million and he's a new signing. But and I think they'll buy a young right back, perhaps the guy from Spain, uh, a young right back who will understudy Trippier. And I think they'll buy a centre midfield player. Hmm. I, I still hope they go out and buy a centre forward. I still think they're lacking 
another option up front, even with Isaac coming back. But yeah, looking at the trying to pick this team and looking at the midfield options, you you, know, you are one injury, one suspension, one oh. bad run of form away from having a bit of an issue there, aren't you? Well, absolutely. With with Shelby out, which takes another body away, uh, you know, you've got the three that are playing in midfield plus Joe Linton, and that's that's it. That's not strength and depth. And I agree with you over your centre forward, by the way. I just don't think they'll buy the centre forward in January. I think they may well do in the summer, but I don't think they'll take a centre forward in January with Isaac coming back from injury and being 60 mil. But with Newcastle being in the race for the title and potentially in the no. League Cup, potentially, well, well, give it a month, potentially in, in the race for uh, in the League Cup semi-final uh, and in the next round of the FA Cup, if you get to mid-January and you're going great on all, all fronts, do you see John Newcastle maybe moving ahead of schedule and looking at it and if the right person's available, they go right, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll buy now instead of what we're going to do in the summer? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're saying, you know, can they go ahead of schedule? They're already ahead of schedule. To be in the Champions League position is so far ahead of schedule that I've, I've got to pinch myself in the morning to make certain it wasn't a nice dream uh, that I had the night before. They're way, way ahead of schedule. And I think they will see that as being good enough for them. I mean, privately, if did they think we would fight and have a real chance of making the Champions League this season? It's phenomenal. It is really phenomenal. And the, the key phrase you said, if the right person becomes available, if the centre-forward they've always wanted become available now at the price they're willing to pay, of course they would do it now. But if they do something now, it means they can do less in the summer. Because this fair play is still in place, we're still getting hamstrung by the fact that Newcastle United have contracts with various sponsors that they're bolted into and cannot break, um, which was signed in Ashley's day and was signed far too cheaply for what Newcastle are now. And you can say buy them out. But would you want to be bought out if you were a sponsor at the moment? You could be going to Wembley in the League Cup and you could be in the Champions League next season. Will you take a couple of quid and say, thanks very much, I'll go now? Not likely. You'll want your goods to be seen out in that field and they've got a contract. Newcastle can't bring in the big books until they're able to get rid of people they've got now who are producing small books. And until they do that, it doesn't matter how the personal wealth of the owners because that no longer comes into play. When Man City were overtaken, owners could spend as much of their own money as they wanted. And they did. That has been stopped now. Newcastle United can't do that now. So they haven't... In every signing we make in January means less money can be spent in the summer. So when do you spend it? Not on a rush signing now in the hope that you can win the title. But because you think you can make the Champions League anyway with the squad you've got, you'll wait till the summer when you've got a two-month window or whatever it is to get the right person it's in. But as you said, if a person suddenly popped along and came available because his club was sick of him or he was sick and suddenly they thought, right, we'll cash in, all of a sudden you go to plan B, don't you? Again, the refreshing thing is about Newcastle that 
if they decided to go ahead uh, ahead of schedule with their summer plans and do it this month, you've got the people up there making the right decisions. You know, you know that whatever they decide, it's going to be fully thought uh, through, both in football in terms, financial terms. You know, because they've got a solid team from Dan Ashworth, Darren Eels, right at the top, down Teddy Howe. You know, everything is in unison. Everyone's working together, pulling in the same direction. And whatever decision they make this January in terms of signings, in terms of exits, you feel, well, I fully believe every decision will be the right one because they've just got a great team of people up there. Um, I, think, I think that's right. And you're absolutely right. But uh, in football, nothing's a given. I mean, even the, uh, when Ferguson was at Manchester United and Wenger was at Arsenal, everybody you buy isn't going to turn out to be the greatest player in the world because it doesn't happen that way. And I remember talking to Bob Paisley at Liverpool when they were winning everything, including the European Cup three times. And he said the most successful manager is the one that buys the best for most of the time. And then when somebody's a poor signing, gets rid quick and doesn't try to justify it by playing them in the team. Every signing can be a good signing. So even Newcastle with the best people around them, it's everything you do is still a gamble and it's a gamble in the public eye. The point is with the right people, you'll make fewer mistakes than other people will make. And that's all you can ask. And, um, you know, Newcastle have done that absolutely brilliantly since the takeover. Hmm. The best people with the best intentions for the club. Just before I ask you, John, for your result prediction, just to remind everyone listening to please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and hit uh, and leave us a rating and review. And before I ask John for his result prediction, you mentioned there Dan Byrne and and uh, how he's got a big heart. I know our fans love it when I do this. Uh, how big is his heart, John? The size of it. It's the size of a frying pan, mate. And it's it's even bigger than that after Arsenal. I'm going to have to get that on a T-shirt. I'm sure we'd be uh, <laughs> unindated for requests for uh, that slogan on a T-shirt. Um, John, on your castle, going to be in the next round of the FA Cup come Saturday yes. night? Yes, they are. And on Saturday night, not via replay. 2-0 against Cambridge, regardless of the side he puts out. I'm not making it any bigger because... Unlike you, I'm not certain it'll be unchanged. Mm. Um, but if it was, I would think it would be bigger. But I'm going 2-0 Newcastle through. And by the way, in the FA Cup, as we all know, if you win 1-0 or you win 6-0, goal difference doesn't come into it yet in the next round. So 2-0 is more than enough. You did say Cambridge there. We don't want the same result as we had against oh, Cambridge, though. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, absolutely. That... Uh, I couldn't believe that result when it happened. Uh, and now we're so far further down the road. Slip of the tongue. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. We win 2-0. I was at Hillsborough when Supermac scored two for Newcastle in the 1974 FA Cup semi-final. 2-0. The same result which got us to Wembley. It's Supermac's birthday on Saturday which is when Newcastle returned to Hillsborough. So I think he'll celebrate with another 2-0 win. And I've just had my birthday yesterday, so the two of us will be singing and dancing. You couldn't make that up. I just watched that uh, that goal yesterday, actually, the pass from Terry Hibbert. I, I mean, 
Wonderful. Everyone wonderful. talks about the goal, but if you if you haven't seen the pass from Terry Hibbert, you've got to go back and watch it. I mean, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Watch that it was over and over again. That was a terrific win there, and I'm going for exactly the same score on Supermax birthday, and we'll both be dancing around the kitchen on with Zimmer friends on Saturday night. My fingers crossed. The result uh, rings true when you castle into the fourth round of the FA Cup. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Do head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest in Castanet news, including a dedicated transfer live blog. We'll have Eddie Howe's press conference on Friday morning. We'll also, all things being well, have the view from the opposition. And of course, bringing you live coverage through our match day live blog on Saturday. Newcastle's trip down Hillsborough via Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup.